0: This is The World in Brief, from The Economist. Our top stories Russia's defense ministry said that their forces had repelled the pro-Ukrainian militias raiding Russia's Belgorod region. This has not yet been independently verified. Earlier, Vyacheslav Kladkov, the governor of the region which borders Ukraine, said that several drones had been intercepted above his territory overnight. Mikhailo Podoliak, a senior advisor to Volodymyr Zelensky, said that Ukraine has, quote, nothing to do with the events there. Ron DeSantis, Florida's governor, will reportedly announce his bid for America's presidency in an audio discussion with Elon Musk on Twitter on Wednesday. Meanwhile, his rival for the Republican nomination got a court date. A judge in New York said that Donald Trump's trial over hush money payments to a porn star would begin in March 2024 coinciding with the busiest season for primaries. Apple announced a multi-billion-dollar deal with Broadcom, an American chipmaker, to develop 5G parts for its devices. The two had previously signed a three-year $15 billion agreement that was due to expire soon. This new deal is part of the iPhone maker's commitment to invest $430 billion in the American economy by 2026. Shares in Broadcom ticked up on the announcement. A Russian court extended the pre-trial detention of Evan Gershkovich, a Wall Street Journal correspondent, to at least August 30th. Mr. Gershkovich was detained by the FSB, Russia's main security agency, in March on charges of spying. The American government says that these charges are baseless. The 31-year-old has appealed against his pre-trial detention. On April 18th, a Russian judge rejected this appeal in a closing hearing. Meta sold its GIF search engine, Jiffy, to Shutterstock, a stock image service for $53 million. The social media giant acquired the business in May 2020 for $315 million. But last year, Britain's competition regulator demanded that Meta sell Jiffy over fears that the acquisition could severely damage competitors. Shares in Shutterstock rose by 4% pre-market on news of the sale. East Timor's opposition party, the National Congress for Timorese Reconstruction, won 41% of votes cast in the country's parliamentary election, just short of a majority. The party, led by Shanana Guzmao, the country's first president, will thus have the chance to form a coalition. The ruling party, known as Fretilin, won only 25% of the vote. It vowed to accept this result. The IMF said that Britain would not enter into a recession this year, revising earlier predictions that its economy would shrink by 0.3% in 2023. It now expects GDP to grow by 0.4%. The fund said that resilient demand had bolstered Britain's ailing economy, but warned that the outlook for growth, quote, remains subdued and that inflation is still, quote, stubbornly high. And fact of the day, 60,000 the number of people seeking asylum that have arrived in New York since last spring.
1: And now here's a deeper look at the day ahead. Ron DeSantis runs. On Wednesday, Ron DeSantis will officially declare his bid for America's presidency. During a discussion with Elon Musk on Twitter, according to news reports. Mr. DeSantis is the most formidable Republican challenger to Donald Trump, but he has lost momentum since cruising to re-election as Florida's governor last year. A blunder over the Ukraine war, he called it a territorial dispute, his feud with Disney, and his decision to enact a ban on abortion after six weeks of pregnancy, have raised doubts about his political acumen. An average of recent polls of Republican voters suggests that they prefer the former president to Mr. DeSantis by 56 percent to 21 percent. The party's convention in July 2024, where the nominee will be crowned, is still about 60 weeks from now. But even primary race polls taken this early tend to predict later performance. Mr. DeSantis's chances of reaching the general election are not zero, but they are small. Lukashenko shakes off health rumors. President Vladimir Putin will host Alexander Lukashenko, his Belarusian counterpart, in Moscow on Wednesday. That is not unusual. The two leaders meet frequently. But onlookers might be paying extra attention to Mr. Lukashenko's demeanor amid rumors that his health has deteriorated. The dictator disappeared from public view for a week this month. Doctors suspected that the 68-year-old had a viral heart inflammation, independent Belarusian media reported. That is treatable. Still, speculation is rife about what will happen if he dies soon. Mr. Lukashenko, who has governed Belarus since 1994, has named no successor. The country's exiled opposition hopes his death will bring about a democratic opening. But many worry that Belarusians, thousands of whom were jailed and tortured for protesting against the rigging of elections in 2020, will be too afraid to rise up again in defense of democracy, should Mr. Lukashenko die. In addition, Russian security forces might well intervene to ensure that the next president, is not someone with Ukraine-like ideas about freeing Belarus from the Kremlin's influence. NVIDIA Capitalizes on AI Hype NVIDIA, the world's sixth most valuable listed company, reports earnings on Wednesday. It is expected to be a celebratory affair. The chipmaker has been the top-performing stock in the S&P 500 index of listed firms in 2023, doubling in value since the start of the year. The success of ChatGPT, a chatbot developed by OpenAI, an American startup, has boosted bullish investor sentiment around artificial intelligence. That has caused demand for NVIDIA's graphics processing units the specialized chips used to train big AI models to surge. NVIDIA's role as the infrastructure provider for AI makes it well-positioned to turn a profit. It produces custom software to run on its chips that developers worldwide have grown accustomed to, helping to lock in customers. And the firm is continuing to innovate. In March, it revealed software that will make lithography The process of printing a chip's design onto a chip wafer, far more efficient. That should give investors yet more reason to be cheerful. Go first, a struggling Indian airline. Aviation in India is flying high, but with some turbulence. On April 30th, domestic airlines carried more than 450,000 people, a new daily record. Yet just a few days later, Go First, a budget airline and India's fourth-largest carrier, filed for bankruptcy. It blamed defective and failing engines made by Pratt & Whitney, an American firm, for grounding half of its fleet and costing it 108 billion rupees, $1.3 billion. Pratt & Whitney denies the allegations. The insolvency application forced GoFirst to suspend its flights. The company was hoping to resume them on Wednesday, but that has since been pushed back. On Monday, an appeals court helped GoFirst by preventing aircraft lessors from taking back planes leased to the airline. But pilots and cabin crew are getting restless as India Air and IndyGo, the market leaders, look to recruit. In truth, Go First may struggle to take off again. Spotting Gravitational Waves The Laser Interferometer Gravitational Wave Observatory, the world's most sensitive device for spotting gravitational waves, starts up again on Wednesday after a three year hiatus for upgrades. LIGO is designed to detect subtle ripples in space and time radiated out by cataclysmic cosmic events like colliding black holes and supernovae. The existence of these cosmic wiggles was predicted over a century ago by the mathematics of Albert Einstein's general theory of relativity. But it was only confirmed when LIGO observed the waves in 2015. The upgrades to LIGO's instruments have resulted in more sensitive detectors, capable of observing far fainter gravitational wave events than before. LIGO consists of two American detectors in the states of Louisiana and Washington. It will be joined on this run by Virgo and KAGRA, LIGO's European and Japanese equivalents. Astrophysicists hope the joint sensitivity of these observatories will be enough to detect waves from the universe's earliest origins. Daily Quiz Our baristas will serve you a new question each day this week. On Friday, your challenge is to give us all five answers and, as important, tell us the connecting theme. Email your responses and include mention of your home city and country by 1700 GMT on Friday to quizespresso at economist.com. We'll pick randomly from those with the right answers and crown three winners on Saturday, Wednesday. What was the name of the sweater-wearing police officer in the Danish thriller The Killing? Tuesday, who directed the films 1917 and Skyfall? Finally, here's the quote of the day from Bob Dylan, who was born on this day in 1941. I think of a hero as someone who understands the degree of responsibility that comes with his freedom.